sorry I'm late. I went swimming in a river. <laughs> you did go swimming in a river and you were late, but it's okay because I was able to sit in the garden and catch some rays. Catch the rays. Actually, you're looking a bit sunburned on your head or is that just the light? There's a, there is a lot of forehead there, isn't there? And now you look like a 90s boy band member with a centre party. Yeah, this isn't going well. This is not a good look. <laughs> jumped in earlier, I'm pretty sure I hit a trolley and got a graze on my knee. My chin, sorry. Do you actually have any trousers or shorts on there? Does that... Yeah, I do. I generally do, yeah. yeah. Okay, good, good. <laughs> I'm not half <laughs> naked. I'm not that kind of guy. <laughs> this is the Sheer Isolation Podcast. It's presented by Kieran Moore and John Ponting. Welcome. One and all to the Sheer Isolation Podcast. Thank you for joining us uh, once again. Uh, for those who don't know, we make one of these every week. We do a video version for YouTube and we do an audio version for various radio stations and various podcasting streaming services. The main aim of this is to promote uh, local music and the local music scene around uh, the west of England, particularly around Wiltshire, Cotswold, Somerset, Bristol, that kind of area. So uh, if any bands out there want to get in touch, if any venues want to get in touch, just feel free. Every week we always have a special guest on. This week is no exception. We've got uh, our second part of our Jack Clothier interview this week from uh, Alcopop Records. He was just talking far too much last week and we didn't want to cut him out because he was a really good storyteller. He told some lovely stories and we couldn't fit them all in last week. So we're doing part two of our interview this time around. It was all gold. So it had to all go in. We couldn't edit him out. Right, we should probably play a track. Yes. And we're going to play one of your favourite bands, Kieran. I'm surprised you haven't snuck one of their tracks into this uh, podcast yet already. All ears all is about... Yeah. Yes. So Swindon Outfit, on you're, you're brilliant at describing, and you go ahead. They're, they are a four-piece from Swindon, and I've known them for a very long time. I knew them when they were a band called um, Delamere, so By the Sea. Mort Delamere, so Death by the Sea. Delamere, yeah. I've got one of their CDs somewhere. Have you? Amazing. Yeah. I, I came across them, I did their sound at the Vic once, and they're just one of those bands that they, they came to the scene fully formed, like, ah, they're a new band, but they're absolutely, they know what they're doing. They've got a sound, they've got an identity, they've got a direction, and they just come fully formed. Um, they're fronted by um, a, a woman called Claire, who is an audio engineer in Swindon. She does a lot of recordings, and I think she does all the recordings for the band as well. And if you've ever listened to their, if you kept track of their progression, you can hear the band get better and sound better. And, and, and that's all her work and her experience. I know she does a lot of stuff um, recording other bands as well. So just a sensational, I kind of think of them as slightly funky, like a funk rock band, but they've got all sorts going on. Um, this is a brand new track, isn't it? What's it called? It is, yeah. It's called Nobody Like You. It was actually um, released a few weeks ago, but they've only just released the music video in the last few days. So we've been hanging fire and waiting to, for the video so we can include it in, in the YouTube. <laughs> it's like a mannequin and it's like smoking and stuff. It's really, really good video. It's a good track as well. Here it is.
So that was the uh, the new video from All Ears of Our. It's called Nobody Like You. It's a cracking track, as, as it always is. cracking track. I, I was looking back through um, my old reels from when I did the late gig on Swindon 105 because I knew that we had All Ears of Our in for a live session. It was back in 2013, and I found out the original <laughs> tape. Got a two-hour radio show talking to All Ears of Our. They played some live tracks. No way. Now, Swindon, Seven years old. Swindon 105, they do have very small um, studio facilities, and at the time they just had um, an eight-slide mixer. And wow. we had All Ears of Our with all of the kit. And you know Brian King, who, yeah, the yeah. legend of, of San Nigerian. So he brought his own desk in with all the channels, rigged the band up to that, and then we just plugged his desk into the studio desk. Genius. The stuff we did in was just two of us, and we just, we just had a mixer desk each. <laughs> <laughs> we have got part two of our interview with Jack from Alcopop. And for those who um, missed it last week, you can go find us. If you look, search for Sheer Isolation, either on uh, podcast streamers or YouTube, you will find last week's show. Jack's wonderful. He's, I love him to bits. Uh, he, he's, he's very energetic. He's got a lot of energy, a bit like me. Um, we're like kindred spirits. We're the same age as we discovered in the interview. So I just can't grow a beard as good as him. You, you just can't grow a beard. That's the issue. We had this chat last week as well. Yeah. In a week, I still haven't grown one, so... Oh, poor you. I'll try harder for next week. Anyway, um, we're, we're going to start off um, where you, you asked, actually, I, I will cut to the bit where you asked Jack this very question, but just how Alcopop started. It's an answer you might not be expecting. Yes, yeah, not. Um, and I encourage you all to um, risk your life savings in the same way that he did. <laughs> it worked for him because he's ended up it with Alcopop Records. What could possibly go wrong? Yeah. Please gamble responsibly, people. Uh, Jack, right, so I know that you, you started... Alcopop by uh, by betting all of your life savings. This is true, isn't it? <laughs> Not quite all of my life savings, but yes. What we did was um, essentially it was kind of like I, I started it off with Kev, and obviously we had no money because we lived in Oxford together in a small house and spent all our money on vices. You know, I don't want I don't want to make it sound like a drug cartel. We mainly hung out <laughs> at the Zodiac and spent a lot of money on booze, so we didn't have much money. So I spoke to my dad. He was like, "This is a good idea." I've spoken to my accountant. He said, "You know." this is fine. So he lent me a few hundred quid and we were like, right, get the demo through. And I remember this really nicely, actually, because we got back from Der Festival in Belgium, Kev and I, and, and a few other friends. And we drove back and we got like our first demo tape. And I was like, this is great. Not the one we signed, actually. We, uh, we waited for another one to come through. But we got there and it was like, we don't re- actually, we saw Art Brute at that festival as well, which is nice because obviously Synergy, we went on to sign them. Uh, and yeah. I was very inspired by them. But we got home, got the, uh, got the demo through, and it was like, okay, we don't really have enough money to put this out. So I persuaded my dad to uh, lend us a few hundred quid, which we then gambled on football, which was... Uh, <laughs> like you do. Of course, right? Um, I tell you what, if we'd have lost that bet, I would have been saved a lot of years of hassle having to run this label. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so we, we put it on, uh, <laughs> on Portsmouth to beat Charlton, and Lilman and Lua scored the only goal of the game. Uh, in about the 74th minute. And Kevin and I were actually on the way down to End of the Road Festival at the time. So we were sitting in my Fiat Panda, trying desperately to get the signal to listen to the radio. And we were like, I think it's a Portsmouth goal. I think it's a Portsmouth goal. And it was like, but we could just hear it. And it was like, I think we've won. I think we've won. I think we're going to do this. Got there and found out that Portsmouth had indeed won. So yeah, it's been brilliant. So Trezor Lamane Lua for anyone who's into their football of about circa 14 years ago, uh, he of the he of the flips is our spiritual leader essentially, and we have since spoken to him. 
put him on a t-shirt for you put him um, on a t-shirt yes you did oh, which was great so we've got the guys at cheap panini now called no score draw who um if you've never heard of them look them up they're amazing they're essentially a couple who were sick of collecting football stickers because it costs so much. So they drew their own. <laughs> so they literally <laughs> drew every single sticker and stuck them in the uh, Panini sticker book and have gone on and done it for about 10 years now. It's quite amazing that the... Uh, it is very cool. Rolled on. But they're very cool, very nice people. So yeah, they, uh, they drew a picture of Lamana Lualua. Um, I popped him a message just to say, look, what we want to do, there's a football club up in Scotland called United Glasgow FC. Um, I read about them in Mundial magazine and I was really moved by what they do. So essentially it's first and foremost a women's team, but they have like lots of other teams kind of connected to the, uh, to the organisation where they'll go and sort of say, look, everybody who can afford it pays subs to keep the teams going, keep the pitch fees paid, all of that kind of stuff. Everyone who can't afford it, so they go out and sort of speak to refugees who have just come into the city. They speak to people who are underprivileged, who can't play. And essentially, they raise money to make sure that those people can come and play football and feel part of a community, as well as the fact that everything they do is really positive. So there's no kind of slagging each other off on the field. It's all positivity. It's all, you know, real, real good stuff. So, yeah, we got Lamana Loire, Loire, who was originally a refugee when he came into the country, to... Uh, mm to okay us putting the, uh, his face on the shirt. And then every T-shirt that was sold, all the profits went to United Glasgow FC to help, you know, a next generation of refugee football talent. So, yeah, it was really lovely for us to be able to sort of come all full circle. We sent him a shirt. Uh, he sent us a picture of it. Like, the fact that he has a, an Alka Pop Lumana Lualua T-shirt <laughs> is, it just makes my life, to be honest. It was kind of like, <laughs> I sort of thought, should we quit now? We've kind of done it all, right? This you think, yeah. This is done now. So, uh, but yeah, so, so yeah, that was really great. But he well, is, that is an amazing part. story. That's an actually amazing story. And I love it to bits. I love the fact that, you know, you'd go to all that effort for, for <laughs> something that's completely unrelated to you so far away. That's just absolutely magnificent. But what it does actually, it leads very nicely because you obviously that's a really bespoke thing to have created. And you do quite a lot of bespoke things with Alcopop, don't you? Because we I do bought a frisbee before which was a download released a frisbee and i bought the frisbee for the album or whatever it was johnny foreigner wasn't it it was uh, yeah well what, what other crazy stuff have you done um yeah we enjoy doing this kind of stuff it's always sort of fun to put things out that are a little bit different so you know just off the top of my head we put out a bike um yeah. compilation which was the most expensive compilation in the uk so it was kind of like 300 quid for the compilation but you got a bike with it an amazing <laughs> bike as well there were still a few of those doing the rounds in the UK, which I love. Wu-Tang Clan kind of put us off kilter a bit by releasing a bike the same week, which I literally could not believe. But um, No way. Yeah, yeah. So it was, it was really bizarre. But yeah, so that was positive. Um, we did a... Well, actually, we worked with QI Elves, who, yes. the team who put the QI uh, show together. So yeah, basically put their podcast out on vinyl with a little uh, cameo from Corey Taylor from Slipknot on the B-side, which was lovely. What we try and do is just keep the creative ideas coming and, and sort of keep them coming around the key album cycle. So, you know, there was probably a time, probably around the Frisbee time, when I was a little bit worried that Alcopop was kind of like, they're a novelty label. All they do is Frisbees and bikes and, you know, that kind of thing. So what we try and make sure is that there's a, a, a beating heart of a campaign going through with all the standard releases, everything you want it to be you know all of the sort of positives that kind of stuff but then there's interesting things kind of based around the side as well so yeah it's, it's always things like that we like to do and also try and keep things inclusive so they may not be as exciting but trying to um 
samplers with pay what you want shirts at the moment, which I really enjoy doing. So it's kind of like, it's an opportunity for people who are fans of the label or sort of just, you're just kind of into us. I guess you wouldn't have to be a fan, just, just kind of into what we do to get themselves a t-shirt and just pay what they want to do. So it's sort of like, if you've got no cash, you can still get an Alcopop shirt, still get a compilation of all the latest artists. Just try and keep things inclusive, you know, that kind of stuff. It's lovely. And I, I, I know that that is exactly how I, feel, well, how I feel about the record label, about your label. And I, obviously I came to you via your releases. So I didn't know you prior to that. And that, it drew me in. So it, it does absolutely work. And it tells the one. Oh, bless you. <laughs> and it, and it, it attracts people like you, Kieran. So, uh, you know, obviously working. <laughs> Um, we were just talking earlier on, actually, before you joined the conversation, we are talking about um, Emperor Yes, because they had to oh. right ground up into the vinyl, didn't they? They did, they did. That was another favourite. Partly because I love the band so much. Like, all three of those uh, band members are absolutely wonderful. You know, really, really lovely people. I, I, rem- I remember going to meet Emperor Yes for a meeting in Weatherspoons in Angel, and Ooh. Ash and uh, Adam, the drummer, turned up as you would. And Hugo, who was kind of the very handsome bass player, who was just wonderful, turned up in a full spacesuit. Um, <laughs> I was like, hi. And he was like, oh, I thought we were all turning up kind of in character, you know, like the Emperor yes five. <laughs> and Ash was like, no. <laughs> so Hugo just sat in Angel Weatherspoons dressed in his this sort of glittering spacesuit. Um, and I was like, you were all. sold. That's like, that's yeah. it. You, you signed. Yeah, obviously working with this band. Yeah, so that was really lovely. And uh, yeah, so we got some meteorite, uh, which had hit the earth about 500 years previously, pressed it into some splatter vinyl and put that out for the sort of limited edition run of their space pop record, An Island Called Earth. And that was brilliant. I think those records are still doing doing numbers on Discogs, actually, because they really? were limited to 100. Yeah, I think they go for about 100 quid a pop. So uh, I, I, I would... have one, but I will not be selling it. Oh, good stuff. Yeah, it's <laughs> uh, a real sort of, point on the journey for us that where i kind of thought yeah we can just do interesting stuff why not do absolutely it? Well, that brings me on to another question is how do you keep yourself relevant as, as a record label oh obviously you do some really crazy stuff um so you're, you're probably the, the best person to answer out, out of out of most <laughs> yeah so keeping ourselves relevant is a tricky one you know it's something that i've always kind of felt okay with is borrowing from the creativity and a and r minds of others so feeling them Oh, you, well, I, I always... Alco Pop and Dreams. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> plagiarism. <laughs> exactly. Full on plagiarism. So because I don't get to as many shows as I used to, and I still, you know, make sure I listen to as much as I can coming in. But essentially, I have two A&Rs at the label. One being my wife, who is amazing at picking up new bands. So quite a lot of the bands we've worked with, who are some of our sort of most successful bands, are people that re put through so she used to work for DIY magazine booking shows for them and did a lot of stuff with Doc Martin so for instance Nelson Can who we work with who have actually just split up but have been one of our best-selling bands for years refound Racket Cannon is another one who you know she kind of booked their or, or tried to book them in Belgium and put me onto them and was like this band are incredible Home Counties who are a band we've announced just today who are fantastic and I must and you released one song you signed them on oh, right one song how on the ball are we right one song <laughs> uh yeah so essentially you know i kind of i re is really good for kind of picking stuff out i've also hired now a guy called luke who lives up in cardiff who runs stereo brain records who's really great and i met him and i was kind of like 
you're just me, but 15 years ago. So I've kind of hired him on a very small monthly retainer to kind of, you know, keep an eye on the demo pile. So he's picked some bits out that we've signed. So he was involved in home counties and another band we're announcing next week. And um, also just listen to pals and listen to bands. And it's amazing how many good recommendations come through. So I'm unashamed in the fact that I use other people to stay relevant. Do you know what I mean? Because it's like, we can't all be 25 forever. Like, one... like Joe Wiley. Like <laughs> yes. Joe Wiley stays young by sucking the energy out of all the bands that she works with. That's... Yeah, so essentially that's what I do. Suck the energy yeah. out of others. That's um, what I do. But, but, you know, I do. And it's like, it's amazing because we've sort of set ourselves up as a creative label. It's amazing how many people come to us with ideas, which is wonderful because it's sort of like, I guess not everybody has the outlet to be able to make their creativity shine, if you see what I mean. So if someone comes to us, for example, actually, the bike compilation was a friend of mine, Liam's idea. And he just emailed us and he was like, I've been speaking to this company called Mango. I've just got this bike. You should definitely release it as a compilation. And I was like, yeah, Liam, that's genius. Do you mind if I do it? And he was like, no, do it. I love it when people come to us with ideas. I love it when I can share ideas with people. Kev and I... I'm totally on board with that. Totally on board with that. I do that all the time. You know, involve as many people as possible and, and create that community and that sort of conversation and make it all interesting and inclusive and all the That's time. It. it makes me feel quite positive that, you know, we are in the really lucky, privileged position that we can kind of speak to our friends, utilise the creativity that they come up with, put a bit of a twist on it and then make it happen, you know? And not everything works, you know? <laughs> Plenty of our creative ideas have fallen a bit flat but it's nice to be able to have a go. So there's a thing called FOFU, which is the fear of f***ing up. It's the thing that kills creativity more than anything else. Is that kind of like, yeah, this is a great idea, but maybe I shouldn't do it because yeah, just do it, you know? And it's kind of like, and, and yeah. luckily we have loads of creative people who are in our sort of wider family who can come to us and say, you should do this. And we're like, yes, okay. Or not, but you know, sometimes we do. And, and, and that's where it comes from. That was a really good, uh, really great interview, that one. I enjoyed that. And we will be following up with loads of his bands. I'm sure at some point he's going to come to the new venue. So we'll get to meet him in person and have a high five and a beer. So You've been promising that to a lot of people. We're going to have a lot of high fives and a lot of beers when we're allowed to. We've got another track to talk about. So this is Nerve Endings from Devices. I've noticed they, used to, they were styling their name with an E, but they seem to have recently adopted it without the E. And possibly because there was another band called Nerve Endings. But um, yeah, this is Nerve, without an E, Endings. This is a song called Muddy Puddle. Uh, they actually shot this a few months back before lockdown and released it. I think they released it late last year, actually. Um, and they're just about to release their, their debut EP that's coming out in the last week of... In fact, it's coming out this Friday. It's released on Friday the 26th of June. It was released <laughs> in the past. Let's leave it there. <laughs>
EP just released. Go check it out. Three boys from Devizes. They're all super guys and make a super sound. Uh, and if I'm not mistaken, they filmed that in the cellar in Devizes. Cellar bar, yes, they did. Yeah, and there's a lot of cool. If you're from Devizes and in the scene, there's lots of cameos in there from local local people. So shout outs to all of those. Uh, in fact, actually, Rachel's in it, and Rachel does who designed our intro video with the beer bottles. That was Rachel, so she's also in the video. Yeah, nice. Cool. Yeah. Right, now, uh, if uh, any bands or musicians or venues or anybody wants to get in touch with us, the best way of doing that is to email us at sheerisolation at gmail.com. Just to drop us a line, say hi, drop us some YouTube links, just send us whatever you like. We'll uh, have a watch, have a listen. And uh, even if it doesn't make this podcast, it will go into Kieran's massive pile of CDs and you'll probably get booked for a gig at some point in the future. Almost certainly. Did you never throw a CD away, do you? Nope. Uh, did you see that picture on Facebook recently that I shared of all the demos? No. So no, I don't throw anything away. <clears throat> Never does. Proper music promoter. Going to hold on to it just in case. So um, as we know that the government has announced all kinds of different relaxations of, of social distancing. So we can go down yep. to one meters. We can yep. go to pubs shortly. We can go to hairdressers shortly. But yep. we can't open our live venues and... As far as I'm aware, I haven't looked at the details, but pubs aren't allowed to have live singers. Pubs aren't allowed to have live music full stop, so that is still completely banned. Any capacity, indoor capacity, regardless of size of venue, is still limited to 30 people. So if you're a theatre and you're going to start streaming some um, live theatre, you start streaming it back so that your audience can watch a, like a, a film, effectively, you're still only allowed 30 people in the room. So that is still the upper maximum. So even with this one metre rule, it's, it was in the small print that would NVT only confirm that today, actually. Um, Mark David put a post on the Facebook page. Um, so regardless of your size, 30 people. So whilst it's a good thing that venues are going to start reopening, I know apparently I've seen some music venues are going to open as bars. So they're going to open their performance space as a bar so they can serve people a bit safer and all that distancing and all that, but still no music. So... And then MVT are really not trying to encourage venues to open for music yet either because they really want to avoid that. They want to avoid any form of risk. Yeah, we're talking about MVT. So that's the Music Venues Trust who we've yeah. spoken about before. I, I saw they've been doing quite a lot of fundraising and, and different announcements in the last week. Yeah, oh God. So cr- oh, they've, no, they're busy. Yeah, they have been busy. So, they, um, uh, so Tuesday, so yesterday, they scheduled their announcement that went public. It went via The Guardian. It went via the uh, NME a whole bunch of other stuff and it was called the open letter so open letter to the government and what they got they contacted all 800 independent venues that were on their part of the, the community that's not all the venues in the uk that's just the ones that have signed up with them and they asked the venues to share it across their socials which all the venues did and it had a huge impact uh, i believe i've seen a stack somewhere that says they've reached 10 million people so that's that's colossal that's one in about one in seven yeah. yeah one in seven there you go yeah so huge huge amount of people it reached in order for the venues to survive until October, when in theory we can start reopening properly, we need this much money, and that basically pays for the venues to be safe. So it's an open letter, it's gone out, it's really positive, because it's fundamentally, it's a one-off payment. The venues are not looking for government support beyond that. The one-off payment makes them safe. Um, and in theory, if that happens, which I hope it does, the, the, the whole se- sector can rest and be happy and, and relax. No one's going to lose any jobs. And when the October and November comes and we're allowed to start reopening in a more formal way, we will have venues to go back to. We've got ourselves a lovely podcast here. Thank you for joining me, Kieran. Thank you for listening and watching everybody. Always a pleasure, never a chore. We will be back same time next week. 
Nathan, you go off and enjoy your uh, Netflix. Hopefully to chill. We'll leave it at that. See you later. Bye. <laughs>